Uh, I'm Wendell. I'm uh, living love by God, and uh, I'm recovering from spiritual and emotional abuse and addiction to food, work, and control. I had issues with porn, alcohol, rage, panic, and depression. These are dark days, you know? Let's just call them what they are. They're dark days. All this talk of death and suffering from this crazy plague and just... Uh, I couldn't hear exactly what you said, Robbie, but Teresa's sister died right in her living room on the couch. I mean, whew, that's just brutal. She's been here uh, several times, the pathway, and so that's just brutal. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I want to start a three a three part series, and I don't know what I'm going to say tonight. I really don't. I don't have this worked out yet. I'm still just cogitating and. And, and I'll probably do a lot of processing just as I stand up here. And this is not a gimmick. It's not, it's just, I literally don't have this figured out, but I'm, I'm trying to work my way through it. But, you know, we, we've heard about that 18 inches between here and here. That we, we believe something, but it, we don't feel it. We don't experience it. And it's, it's, it goes so many different directions. We... Um, I mean, it can affect so many things. It can affect decisions in life. It can affect our romantic relationships, our regular relationships, uh, just decision-making, just so many different things. It can affect this uh, disconnect between here and here. And I know that we don't think here. I understand that. It's, it's probably, scientifically speaking, the split between the right and the left side of the brain, that one side is rational, one side is and logical, and it deals with concepts and you know, it, it works things out that way, scientifically, mathematically, that way. And the other one is more affective. It enjoys a cheeseburger. The, the You know, the smell of a rose. It, yeah, feelings, experience, intuition, spidey senses, whatever you want to call it. Um, it it's just, uh, but y'all y'all know what I'm talking about. We the Traditionally, classically, we call it the head and the heart, which is not, there's no thinking goes on in here. But... Uh, but y'all get what, what we're saying, these two, these two things. And to me, th that and Matt and I never talk about what he's going to say when he gets up here. But he started it, I thought, oh, good grief. He's, you've been reading my notes. <laughs> but everybody, everybody's walking around with this internal conflict between their head and their, their heart. And what, I, I mean, I could pick from dozens of different examples. But the one that seems, the, a theme that seems to be pretty pervasive in the church, and, and they don't talk about it as much in the bigger church, but we're, we're brave enough or dumb enough. <laughs> brave and dumb are real close together. Have you ever noticed that? Um, we, we just don't know any better than to talk about it here. We just get honest about it. But I don't know how many times I've said and how many times I've heard other people say, I know in my head that God loves me. I know in my head. I know factually that God loves me. But that's not how I feel here. I don't feel his love. I feel a reservation. I feel that God loves me, but, you know, there's always that big, uh, or God would leave the big... <laughs> We're fat, no, never, won't go there. It's Queen songs, all these songs going through my mind. Uh, oh boy, why did you say that? 
there's always a, uh, uh, it's like a, a yeah, but, or God would love me if, if I could, you know, get this together in my life. Um, but you think about young people wanting to ask somebody out, and they, boy, my heart wants so bad to ask her out or ask him out, but my head says that I'll get rejected, so I can't. Or we get, you know, so at another phase in life, when you say, my heart would really like to try that job or that hobby or that experience or that adventure, uh, my heart's desire is to do that, but my head is telling me, you don't have the chops to pull it off. You don't, you don't have the qualifications. You don't have the talent, the gifts. So there's this disconnect, you know. How many times do we, you know, our head says everything's going to be all right. There's nothing has changed in life. Everything's going to be all right. And our heart is an absolute storm of anxiety. Explain that one. Or we, life is going well, supposedly well. There's nothing bad that's happened. And all of a sudden, we hit this storm where we feel like we're as low as snail slime. Just like I'm worthless. I'm no good. Well, nothing changed. You know, our head's saying everything's fine, but our heart just kind of goes its own direction. So there's this, there's this internal civil war. Or if, that's one metaphor. Um, Makes you makes you think about when Paul says, you know, the things I want to do, I can't. The things I don't want to do. And he says, I'm a wretched man. I've got this battle going. I don't know if that's what he's talking about. I don't know. Um, I thought, I've been thinking of different passages in Scripture. Not that we, you know, need to find a chapter and a verse. But I've been, but that, people have dealt with this forever. So James, right, do you remember what James wrote? James said something about a double man, double pers- double-minded person, um, is unstable in all their ways. You know, you got you part of your mind wants to go that way and part of your mind wants to go that way. There's this civil war, there's this divide, there's this great gulf. And 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 he says the result is instability. And 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 what what really hits me about all this is exactly what Matt said is you look in the mirror and you think I am a mess. I'm a uh, Paul said I'm a wretch. That's what he said in Romans chapter 7. You look in the mirror and you think, man, there's nobody else that's as messed up as I am. But everybody is. You have a, a neighborhood party or something and you find out, people start telling their story and you realize, you too? You have the same thing that you deal with? You, you know, you're struggling with the same thing? And we find out that we all ha- have this, you know? There's this, and, and I'm, I'm writing a blog. I've got a couple copies of it right here. I mistakenly printed it out with the music sheets so if you want one you can have one but they'll be on my Facebook page tomorrow I always, I, if, in case you didn't know I always print a Monday blog on my Facebook page and uh, they put it out on the Pathway page on the Broadway page but you can read it if you want but it's going to be a three part series and, and, and the, and the uh, title of this one is The Impossible 18 Inches that, that we all face this impossible 18 inches that, that we face and it, it's it's common to it seems to be common to, to everybody. So you know I don't have a corner on that market. Neither do you. Sorry. If we, you know, a lot of places you have a contest about who's the most successful, 
or who can get the ball the furthest or who's the richest or whatever. Here it's like, oh, I'm more messed up than you. <laughs> no, you ain't as messed up. I'm more messed up than you. I've always thought that was funny about Pathway is, is that we have this contest about who's the most messed up. <laughs> that would be funny to make that official. <laughs> we could hand out badges and never mind. So it just seems to be a common thing with, with, with all of us that we, we struggle with this. So I'm trying to think of, because uh, there are a few, there are a few. I'm trying to think of some of the people I've come across in my life who somehow have made peace between the two halves of their brain or they've, they've bridged the gulf between the head and the heart. Just stop, stop and think about it. Can you think of somebody you know like that? Maybe one or two people who, and how would you, how would you describe them? I, the old Jewish term, the Hebrew term, term shalom, do you know what that means? You know, it's peace, joy, contentment, fulfillment. It's, it's just this beautiful place to live in, inside. Um, but I would, I would use the word joy. I would use the word content, uh, peaceful. What other words come to your mind? I mean, and, and, and the other thing about these people, which I've not known many of them, but the other thing about these people is they're very, very safe. Let that, stop and think about that. If you find a person who's not, who doesn't have this civil war raging, they're not conflicted inside, they're at peace, they're, they have this joy that radiates from them, this light, and, and they're always very safe people. Does that, does that make sense? It, it does to me. I've known a few people like that. Not many. But here's what I want to say. If a few people can find that state. What, you know, what is it in Hinduism they call it, or is it Buddhism? They call it nirvana or whatever. This, these, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, what, there's different terms for it all in different world religions, whatever, where, where you have this, where all of a sudden you become at peace inside and, and everything is reconciled between the two sides of your brain, heart, head, whatever you want to say, and you're at peace. There are a few people like that which makes the point, it's possible. I, I'm, do you notice there's lots of gaps in what I'm saying tonight? Because my mind is racing like, okay, it's possible, so where do we go from here? Well, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of explore maybe how to get there. Because I think, if, you know, pathway, a journey in hope and healing what, what we're talking about is wholeness. We're not talking about a cut that you medicate and put a Band-Aid on and a week later you pull the Band-Aid off and the cut's healed. And oh, look there. That's, not, that's surface healing. We're talking about internal healing, which, which we would call wholeness. We would call you know, peace, contentment, shalom, all this stuff that we just described. I think that's what we're talking about, that when, that when we're on this journey of hope and healing, that's where we want to get to. But I think that what we need to do is to talk about this conflict, the civil war between the head and the heart. Because I think that's, that's at the crux of the whole thing. If we can 
if we can dig into that and find out about that, then I think we can possibly find some, some wholeness. Several things that I would say right up front about this. The first thing is, uh, and, and I was talking to, to uh, Adam and, and Laura about this in teaching team the other day, that this is, this is not a prescription that a doctor fills out and you go and you get your pills and you say, if I take these for two weeks, I'm going to be okay. This is going to fix me right up. This is not a, a quick thing. This, this is the kind of thing that the old, old AA people used to say, you got to suit up and you show up. You suit up and you show up, and you do it week after week after week. I don't want to go. I'm tired of it. It's not working. I'm not feeling any different. Suit up and show up. Suit up and show up. And the reason why is not because it's my job. It's not because I have to do this so I'll get better. It's, I need to suit up and show up because I need you. Because if I stay home by myself, I start telling myself stuff that's not true, and I believe it. And so I start believing my own lies. And so I suit up and show up because I need to come and hear what you have to say. I, I've been in a funk for a couple of weeks. And this weather has made it to where, and, and uh, some of the COVID things has made it to where it's hard to come into work. Just what they're doing in the MAC kind of makes it hard to come in sometimes to work. So I've been coming in not four days a week, but more like one or two. And so was it Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday I came in. My office is right by Jeremy's. And we're brothers. I mean, we are brothers. And so we sat down for, what, a half an hour? And he spoke into my life. He spoke things that I needed to hear that kind of got things back on course because I was kind of believing some of my own stuff. And so he passed on some wisdom that somebody passed on to him, and it was like a mid-course correction that helped at least that day to bridge the gap between the head and heart. That day, a few more bricks were laid in that bridge to, to bridge it. So you have to suit up and show up. You suit up, you show up. You suit up, you show up. So before we wind this up tonight, this is, we're going to say, this Wendell, you've talked about this over and over and over. Why do we have to talk about this again? But humor me. Okay, just humor me. I think at this stage we have to kind of ask, what caused this gulf? What caused this, this space um, this no man's land, this DMZ between the head and the heart. What? How do we get there? And and I think if I understand it, and I could be dead wrong. I'm just going on record. I'm, I could be dead wrong with this, but the way I understand it, after all these years of being in recovery and and you know studying psychology and all this, is that when we're young, we don't have the tools to really grasp truth. And the people who raise us don't always tell us the truth. And so we grow up forming in our mind ideas that we could swear were true, but they're not. They're lies. Take this, for instance, okay? Because it always seems like we're slamming our moms and dads in here. And I don't want to go there. I think most of our moms and dads did the best they could do. I've come to the place where I believe 
our mom and dad did the best they could with the hand they were dealt. Were they perfect parents? Far from it. The, Robbie and I did the best we could with our kids. Did we screw up? You better believe it. So this is not slamming parents. But let's just take this one for instance. You're sitting as a little four or five-year-old boy. I'm a, I'm a boy, so I'm a four or five-year-old boy. I'm sitting out in the garage, and Dad's got the lawnmower sitting there, and he's got a gas can there that's full of gas. And up on the workbench, there is a big lighter. I'm four or five years old. This didn't happen. I'm just making it up. Up on the workbench, there's a big lighter. And I'm just now learning how to flip that little wheel and make that flame go on. So I'm running around the garage playing with this thing. Look what I can do. Well, look what I can do. And I get over close to that gas can, and I'm just having a time. You know, you can smell the fumes and everything. And my dad comes out, and he grabs that big lighter away from me. Like, give me that. And he puts it up on the top shelf. What does my mind assume? My father is mean. He's vindictive. He doesn't want me to have fun. You know, I don't like my dad. What was my dad doing? He was saving my life. But that, in my little boy mind, I, 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 that's the only way I could spin it. Now, that's just one silly example. But I think when we're young, for one, we don't have the mental capacity, the mental machinery to accurately understand and process what's happening in life. I mean, that's just kind of a duh. We don't. We don't have that. Plus, we're around people who some, and, and let's just be honest, um, Absur and I were talking about something really painful before child trafficking, before, uh, and, and in, in the middle of that, there is just downright people saying, I'm going to lie to you because I want to hurt you and use you and abuse you. So when we're young, there are people in, on this planet who intentionally lie to us in order to use and abuse us. So let's just get that out of the way. I'm not saying the world's full of those people, but they are here. There are also people who lie to us because they don't know how to tell the truth. They don't mean to lie, but they don't know how to tell the truth. Or there are people who unintentionally, you know. So look at, look at all this, put all this in a pot. I don't have the chops to, to understand it. We got people who lie to us on purpose. We got people who lie to us accidentally. And then we just have incidental life that happens. Just incidental things that happen in life, and, and our minds have to process that some way. Think about the tornado that came through. Think about all the little children who had to try to figure out what that was. Tried to figure out and process that. You know, they're going to form opinions about God. They're going to hear people make comments, silly, stupid, theologically incorrect comments, but because they're in the middle of a crisis, the comments they hear are going to be set in concrete in their psyche. You, you, you understand? So think about all. None of us are, are got a free pass on this. All of us had to pass through this when we were young. And that's why in Pathway, in order to find hope and healing in the future, we have to go back to the past and say, I've got to figure out the difference between the lies I was told and what real truth is. I've got to figure out. And, and even now we have people, because Robbie and I have talked about this several times in the last week or so, because she knew we were going to talk about this. Even now we've got people who we deal with on a regular basis. And, and 
their voice gets, okay, well, let me back up. So the voices from our childhood get stuck in our head. The moment my dad grabbed that big lighter away from me, that voice got stuck in my head, right? When the tornado came through and somebody said, God did that, a little kid heard that, that voice got stuck in their head. So these voices get stuck in our head, and, and, and they don't, uh, it's not a casual echo, it's, it's a solid voice that, that doesn't want to go away. And so then now, 20, 30, 40 years later, 50, 60 years later, we encounter somebody who says something or does something very similar to jerking the big lighter away or saying God caused the tornado, whatever they say. And immediately that voice takes residence. Why? Because it's got a friend in there. It harmonizes, you know, what, you know, but it's not that this voice is so powerful. It's that this voice triggers that other voice. So we have all these, this misinformation and misunderstanding rolling around up here. And so our heart has the, what does your heart want? My heart, I'm just being honest. My heart wants to be loved first and foremost. I want to be loved. My heart wants to be helpful to others. Uh, my heart wants to belong to a, a group of loving, safe people. These are the simple things my heart wants. And so my heart has these, and I think we're all born with these kinds of desires. Is there any human ever born that doesn't have the desire to be loved or a desire to belong or a desire to feel safe or a desire to feel like they've got something to contribute, you know? These are, these are basic human heart needs. And so here we are growing up, and our hearts are saying, I need these. They're legitimate. It's not like I need a Maserati, you know? I need a Learjet. I need a million. No. I just need to feel loved. I need to feel like I belong. These are basic human needs. They're not unreasonable. They're not silly. They're real. They're authentic. So we need these things. And then our brain is saying, you're not worth loving. You're not, you know what I'm saying? Our, our brain, our mind is telling us, is, is depriving our heart of what it needs because of the lies that it believes. Are, are we all tracking here? Now, I could be completely off base. I could, but in all these years of recovery and having to think through all this and deal with so many people and deal with my own stuff, this is kind of where I've come out. And I don't think we can go any further with this until we understand how we got to this place. How did we get to this internal civil war? How did this great gulf get fixed inside of us? Whether you want to say two halves of the brain, heart, head, however you want to say it. How do we get to this place? I think that's how we got to it. And so next week we're going to... I'll just tell you where we're going to go next week. Next week, we're going to go to uh, deconstructing some of the lies that we've been told. I don't think that we can reconstruct something new or healthy until you deconstruct that which is unhealthy and hurtful. Would we track with that? Does that make sense to everybody? You have to kind of shove the, the bad or, or get the bad out of the way before you can start discovering the good. So that's, that's where we're going to go with it. I hope that we're not all confused. I'm working through this as, as I speak because it's it to me it's 
I don't know, a couple of days ago it just dawned on me, how did we get in this fix? Why do we need pathway? Why do we need a journey of hope? Why are we all wounded? Have you ever met a human that's not wounded? Why are we all wounded? And, and I got started thinking it through, and I thought, well, this is why. So maybe, maybe this series will help us to, to, you know, make a little leapfrog down the pathway to hope and healing.